Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Hey everybody, I am here and ready to talk about something that is going on in this nation. Craziness, 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 craziness. But something even uh, more important than that in the midst of talking about the craziness. And that is the anger associated with the craziness. Golly, this place is a mess. I mean, there's it's a mess politically. It's a mess uh, morally. It's a mess in the media. It's a mess in the school systems. It's a mess in the... Uh, in the colleges, it's a mess in the uh, sports, it's a mess in everything. I mean, this is just all a big garbage mess. And uh, in the midst of it, we could talk about, um, you know, we could talk about free speech. We could talk about a number of things. Um, you know, people who are going in now and believing that they are, um, they are somehow uh, doing a service. I saw something today. I read an article today that uh, there were some athletes at a, at a major university who were demanding that uh, someone be kicked out of the school before they would play because um, he had said something about uh, said something against uh, Black Lives Matter and some other things that were you know that were happening out there. The bottom line, folks, is whether somebody's right or wrong in what they say, um, they have a right to say it. Now, uh, certainly there are some laws to libel and all that kind of thing like that. But when we're talking about freedom of speech, when we're talking about your ability to have an opinion, uh, it amazes me how, you know, some people are wanting to hold people hostage and say, well, you're just going to have to get rid of them. You're just going to have to, you know, well, either side, I don't want to do that with anybody. You know, hey, I can stop eating this particular food if I don't like the owner of the restaurant or, you know, or some practices that they're involved in. And I can stop wearing clothing of a group that that has that very uh, that very problem. But here's the thing. I can do that individually and that be okay. You know, and it's okay if you do that against, you know, businesses you don't agree with. If, if you're, um, if you're on the opposite side of what I believe, it's all freedom of speech, but somehow now we've decided we can hold people hostage because you're some great athlete of some sort. Well, it's okay. You know, you can speak out. You certainly have your ability to do that too, but understanding that everybody has that right and should be allowed to uh to practice that right you're not um you're not breaking a law and you're not committing a crime by having an opinion um you can just uh and so and these these athletes who are saying hey we're not gonna play unless you do this well they have a right to say that and they have a right to certainly not to play there but uh the school has a right to uh keep the child you know the student there and in addition to that uh the student has a right to uh say what they want to say so there you go um, that starts all of that. Now, wh- wh- here's my deal. Here's my deal. When we're talking, you know, this past uh, Sunday night uh, about, you know, Psalm 37, and and I told the folks, I said, look, guys, I, I want you to understand something. You know, the Bible's very clear about what I'm supposed to do with my anger, all right? And uh, when we start reading the Psalms of David, sometimes he can, <laughs> sometimes we're right on the same page. I mean, it's just all there is to it. I mean, like I, I open up a psalm, and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm feeling. And uh, David wasn't afraid. That's a good thing about David. David wasn't afraid to talk about uh, how he felt. I mean, he'd put it in song. That's what a lot of artists do. 
I mean, you know, it's it's funny. You know, my kids have a fit about, you know, country music. So a couple of them like it. And then there's one, I think, that just really despises it. Maybe one of them likes it, one of them kind of likes it, and the other one despises it. How about that? That's that that's fair. That's fair. That's what that's what we're really saying. But anyway, so in these country music songs, it's like, okay, you get this, you get this, you know, the genuine feelings of the man or woman. Uh, probably after they are inebriated a little bit, you know, it's like they've, they've been drinking and all this kind of stuff and partying and stuff. And then they want to talk about their true feelings, which is just a disaster, an absolute disaster. But that's the country music, you know, scene as a whole, uh, when it comes to these songs a lot of times. And then of course you break loose on a gospel album and that's always good and gets everybody in your good graces again. But, but what I'm saying is you generally feel, because I, I, I just used to love, absolutely love the genre of country music. Uh, to this day, I love Southern gospel music. Uh, I still, I still love, you know, contemporary, some of the contemporaries out there. I love it and I listen to it and I get down and have a great time. I'll go to dance and have a good time. But with country music, you can express your feelings a little more. It's okay to be sad a lot of times in these songs. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the blues or even bluegrass in the sense that, you know, it seems like it's always a sad story. But David would express his feelings, whether it was, you know, maybe he was writing country songs, you know, he's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm down. I can't get out of this, this crazy funk I'm in. And I don't know what to, I don't know what to do about it. So he would write about it and then he would realize midstream or he already knew before he was writing the song, but, he would realize that I've got to give this to God somehow. I've got to give this to God. Now, you know, before I even get really deep into this, I want you to understand something. I want, I want you to understand that I am in no way, shape, or form saying that you should not stand up for what uh, your rights are, uh, your constitutional rights. I praise God for our nation and our freedoms. And, and though they are being taken away, they are slowly but surely taken away. And that's unfortunate. Um, you know, you, you have to know that this is a great, great country still. And so what we have to do is defend it, fight for it, and not be ashamed to do that. Not be ashamed to do that. Fight for our, you know, our rights. Fight for our ability to have free speech. Fight for our right to believe the things that we believe and let others believe what they believe. Okay. But we can't be, uh, can't be canceled out. We have to, we have to know that these rights are essential for everyone and not just the liberals, not just the conservatives, but the rights are good for everybody. And that means we can continue to speak. David is expressing some things though that in Psalm 37 that just begin to work on me. Um, and I'm like, man, David, that's exactly what I'm feeling, man. You just nailed it. And, uh, he put it to music. He only put it to a country song and, uh, basically put out there, you know, guys, there's an awful lot, awful going in the world, but that shouldn't, that shouldn't run our life. That shouldn't run our life. Yes, we need to re respond and respond on our knees and pray that God will put an end to it. But David's kind of clear that God will put an end to it one way or the other. Either some kind of political revolution and we end up under socialism for who knows decades before somebody starts on their own counter revolution. But we're looking at a world that's so crazy right now. And we're discussing that in Sunday school, you know, the, the Orwellian world is basically this dystopia of, of, uh, awful, you know, big brother watching this and all that kind of thing. And then we have these rioters out there and I get so angry. I get so angry, but let's go to Psalm 37 and talk. We're going to talk through this for the next, uh, for the next few minutes. And, um, you know, for the next you know, 22 minutes or so, we're going to, we're going to talk through this, but 
I'm going to tell you something. We'll go back and forth between the King James Version and, uh, and the Message Version. Uh, the Message is a paraphrase of the Scripture, but I really, I really love to go back and forth because um, the, the message, it makes me laugh. It, I mean, honestly, it, it, it expresses things in modern English sometimes that I'm like, man, that is exactly, that is exactly it. Psalm 37, KJV says this. First one says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Now that's easier said than done, David. And I, I remember reading some stories about you, David, where you got ticked off about some guy who wouldn't give you any raisin cakes. And so you decided you were going to go off and murder the guy. Had it not been for his wife talking you out of it, it would have been a different story altogether. Um, but you, man, hothead, hothead, David, man, I've been there, David. I know what you're talking about, but oh, you started this song good, this country song you got here. You started it off good because you said, fret not thyself because of evil doers. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I have fretted quite a bit over the past uh, few weeks over evil doers. And I'm talking about politicians on top of politicians, on top of rioters, on top of Antifa. Uh, BLM, all these people who are socialist groups. I don't listen. I want people to peaceably protest if there's a race issue. That's perfectly fine. Or if there's some other constitutional issue, any of those things, please, please protest. But if you're a socialist group, I just, it's hard for me. And so when I read these verses, I have to realize it's speaking to me that I'm not supposed to be preoccupied, though informed. I am supposed to be informed. I'm not supposed to be preoccupied in a negative sense where, you know, my entire life and my entire being is is based on uh, what I'm seeing on the news, especially when it comes to the liberal news, whether it be CNN or MSNBC or any of these other garbage networks um, that 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 teach, you know, untruth and uh, certainly are behind uh, the major push for anarchy in our nation It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And so here we are, we, we've got this, we've got Psalm 30 says, fret not because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Now, so here's what the message version says. Don't bother your head with braggarts or wish you could succeed like the wicked. Isn't that true? <laughs> Look, it isn't that I wish I could succeed like the wicked. It's that I wish they didn't get away with this junk. I wish they didn't get away with that's what's going through my head. I wish there was somebody, you know, some superhero come in, save the day, save these cities, save these businesses, and uh, go about the business John Wayne-esque, if you will. Say, Ryan, why don't you? Well, you know, I'd like to start with a government that's supposed to do this, supposed to take care of this, and then maybe it becomes a revolution of some sort. But, man, I'm just going to tell you, this is this is awful. It's awful. And there's a, I was talking to someone in Ingalls. It was one of the managers in Ingalls today. And uh, he was telling me he thought this was going to be a battle of good versus evil. It was going to be a literal battle, fight, war, if you will, uh, between good and evil. And I said, you know, it's going to start out as a battle between capitalism and socialism. Now, you can certainly say capitalism is the good and socialism is the bad, but there's so many different views on that. My, my point is this. I believe it's going to be a an ideology battle first, um, which you say, well, that's true of everything. Well, no, some things are so petty and they still end up in war of them. This is not petty. Capitalism versus socialism is not petty. Um, socialism has been creeping in forever, but I can tell you it's been creeping in from both sides and until, until, you know, the conservatives can begin to, uh, to, uh, stop, you know, pandering to the liberals and stop thinking they have to be more and more like the liberals in order to be, get votes. It never has worked. It never will. I really believe they're sabotaging their own election this year. Um, 
But we'll see. We'll wait to see. But don't bother your head with braggarts or wish you could see succeed like the wicked. Don't don't worry about them getting away with what what you think they're getting away with, because ultimately uh, they're not. Is what we're going to get into in just a minute. Ultimately, in the night it says, "For they shall soon." This is KJV, verse two. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Guys, it hadn't been about a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, no, 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 a few months ago or so, you know, it's been several weeks when my wife planted some tomato plants. Now we are lucky enough to get some tomatoes all summer long. Wendell Buchanan, who's a member of our church, he, he, um, he brings us, uh, some tomatoes that he buys in South Georgia and on some of those farms and such. He goes and gets these buckets full and he brings us some of these, man, they are good tomatoes. My goodness, they're good. And uh, I love a big slice of tomato on a big sloppy sandwich with some bacon and lettuce, and I will tear that up. But here's the thing. Um, she was out watering some of our plants, um, which were, you know, salad-sized tomatoes, the little squirty tomatoes, you know, and all. And she was watering those and got them good and watered. Well, that night, a uh, storm came through and knocked them all over and broke one of the plants. Broke one of the plants. All right. And so I took that broken piece of plant and I said, man, if we can just keep this thing watered long enough, these little squirties that are on this thing may just ripen and uh, end up pretty good tomatoes. And sure enough, I mean, it, it, it did do exactly that. We lost some of them, of course. And, you know, the thing died a little more each day, um, though that it was down in the water and such. It was um, it did die a little bit every day. But we had these tomatoes on it. It was, it, it was just, it, it, you know, you got a couple of them off of there, but it really just shriveled up to nothing. And my point is this, my point is this, it's going to get mown down like the grass. I am constantly cutting, I'm cutting more weeds in my yard than I am grass these days, but I do hope for a little bit, you know, a little bit more grass soon, uh, rather than weeds. But I, I cut this thing and I, and that stuff just blows out the side before long it's growing again. It gets mown down, that kind of thing like that. But I want to tell you, here is another truth that I didn't get to speak about last night, uh, I mean, last week rather. Um, you know, about this, uh, about this particular thing about mowing grass is this. It says, for soon they will be cut down like grass and wither as a green herb. This plant that withered, this tomato plant that withered of ours and the cutting down of grass. But I want you to understand something about cutting down of grass. There's nothing that's, you know, uh, explicitly says, you know, this is what this means. But think about this just for a minute. All right. I cut the grass and within just a little while, I need to cut it again. Okay. In, in this evil world, in this fallen world, what we have to realize that for some reason we don't realize, but what we've got to realize is evil is not going to stop. Okay. We can hold it back with revival and we can get people on the right page and teach them and disciple them. But you, human beings are going to gravitate to evil. And when they gravitate to evil, we have to mow the grass again. You see, you see, I can't just mow it one time a season and leave it. I'm going to end up with all types of rodents running around my house and nastiness and snakes and everything else because I won't mow my grass. So for heaven's sake, you know, get out there and mow some grass. Um, I, I believe there's a, there's a story about uh, a place in Africa where the uh, people would go out into the fields. They would kind of trample down some grass. They'd find their own little spot, trample it down a little bit and, uh, and pray out in those little spots that they had for, um, for prayer in the grasses and the tall grasses and such. Well, the way your accountability partner of such would see is, uh, you know, hey, if they're, if your path wasn't well worn, they may come to you and say, hey, grass is growing in your path. 
grass is growing in your path, meaning, hey, you haven't been out to pray very often lately. Now you say, well, that's none of their business. Bottom line, if you've got an accountability partner, leave them alone. If they're telling you something you need to know, let them tell you. That's the craziest thing. Oh, will you be my accountability partner? Absolutely not. Because the moment I call you and get on to you about something, you can be all about this judging verse. You know, you're judging me. Now, forget you. I'm trying to tell you you're doing the very thing you want to be accountable for. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's what that is. But, but so this person tells them, look, your grass is growing up in your path. Grass is growing. You got to get this grass packed, you know, packed back down and get into prayer again. Okay. And that's the thing. You mow the grass, the evil will be cut down. And that's a good thing. We can, we can look forward to that. But that is not an ending thing. That is not a stop sign as such. Um, it's a yield sign as such. It's like, okay, guys, don't get all fretful about this because they're going to get mown down like grass, but it doesn't, but just like grass, it's going to come back and you're going to have to do this again. Keeping liberty and keeping freedom. I forgot who said this, but it says something like this, but it's going to be a continual process. I believe it was uh, Thomas Jefferson who said we ought to have a revolution at least every 20 years uh, to keep these cats in line. And, of course, that's my my addition to that thing. But, you know, to keep these cats in line when you have, you know, a revolution he was talking about um, every 20 years, which was just craziness, um, which is also why we have the ability to to uh, to carry guns is is so that we can uh, protect ourselves. And in the case of revolution. Or in the case of, of government intrusion, so far as to uh, hurt us, then uh, then we have a we have a there is a necessity for us then to be able to not only have a weapon but defend ourselves and defend our family. So um, that's that. All right. So look here. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the herb. Message version. In no time they'll shrivel like grass clippings. <laughs> I love that. Those shrivel like glass clippings and wilt like cut flowers in the sun. That is so true. I love picking flowers for my wife, daisies, wild daisies, when they come out early spring. And I will I will pick them until about midsummer, you know, June or so, the end of June. And they're just not there anymore. And um, But I love to do that. But, you know, they stay in that vase for a little while. They're in that water and they do pretty good. And then they just shrivel up. People, listen to me. Evil's going to shrivel up if we'll fight it back. If not, it's going to take over. And I absolutely take over and going to uh, destroy us if we do not fight back against evil. Um, you say, well, Ryan, you said not to fret. David said not to fret in the beginning of this. And then you're saying we got to fight back against it. Yes. I never get to the point. I'm never going to get to the point where I don't say we stand up against it. But you stand up against it on your knees. As though as that sounds like opposites, but you stand up against it on your knees, praying that America can get back to where it needs to be. And so, um, so we're there. And I know, I know we got to move. I know we got to move. Um, verse three, verse three is this trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily shalt thou be fed. Verse four, delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of the heart. So if you're in the middle of anger over everything that's going on in this world, you're fretting, you're worried, you're anxiety, you're angry, you're wanting to, you know, take the law in your own hands. Boom, boom, boom. So the first thing you got to do is delight yourself in the Lord. And that to me is one of the most difficult things, if not the most difficult thing in the world is when you are in the midst of thinking you are right and angry is to then give praise to God and get your mind off of that other stuff. Worship him when you are down, worship him when you were up, worship him when you're angry, worship him when you're sad, when you're happy, when you're joyful, all those things, find a way, find a way, find a way to worship him. Then it says this, 
in uh in, in verse five it says commit thy way unto the lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass let me read these verses in the message get insurance with god and do a good deed settle down and stick to your last keep company with god get in on the best five and six in the message version open up before god keep nothing back he'll do whatever needs to be done he'll validate your life in clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon verse seven kjv rest in the lord and wait patiently for him that is one of the things that's the toughest thing to do if you're a go-getter you have goals before you, you, you have things that you um, wanting to accomplish and do. It's very difficult um, to go from your, from your secular world into a spiritual world where you're good and fine with waiting. Okay. But not just, not just waiting it's resting in him, knowing that yes, all of this garbage is happening across America, but God is not fooled by the wicked. He wants us praying against it. He wants us praying against it like David would do. And he wants us praying hard against it. But he is not surprised by it all. He can come in and transform everybody's life. And that is so, so very important. Rest in the Lord. And then uh, in the KJV, verse 7, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. It's going to look like these people winning the day or winning the presidency, or whatever it may be that you believe the evil people are, are doing, in, in, in a sense. But let me tell you something. If, in fact, they are evil, they don't get free from this. Now, granted, they may win an election, or they may win the day, but they don't win the war. They may win a little battle, but they don't win the war. Verse 8 says this, verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Listen to that. Cease from anger. Cease from anger. The the message version says, "Bridle your anger, trash your wrath, throw it away," because that's not your that's not your job to throw that wrath on them. Now it does come to the point where the government's got to do something, or if or if they want, you know, finally the citizens have to you know rise up. But the bottom line is this, guys: God doesn't want you to have to handle this in your wrath. You are going to eat yourself alive. There's no telling what's going to go on inside of you. It's, it's happened in me before. It says, you know, cease from this anger and forsake your wrath. Okay, this is ultimately the wrath of God will be on evil. It says verse nine: For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. If you wait on His rest and believe that He's going to do this, doesn't mean that we don't actively participate in government. Doesn't mean we don't actively participate in opposing uh, the enemy of, of freedom. But it does mean that we wait on Him to do the miraculous in the sense. Okay, Lord, what's the next step? You know, we're going to continue to walk forward, but we do want to know what your direction is because we know you want us forward. But we don't know what that looks like. So we need you to help us and help us indeed. Verse 10, for yet a little while and the wicked shall not be. That's got to be exciting to folks. For just a little while, the wicked won't be. They won't even be, they won't even be around, folks. They, they won't even be around. They, they, there's going to be a time at the end of time when Jesus finally comes back for his people and we're... You know, everybody's been at the white throne judgment. I mean, there's heaven, there's hell, there's eternity. All right. And there's not going to be any wickedness left. It's not going to be allowed. It's not going to have its place. I mean, God is going to take it out. Verse 10 says that 10 in the message version, before you know it, the wicked will have had it. You'll stare at it once famous place and nothing will be there. I mean, it's like poof, the evil are gone and they're going to have to pay their price. Verse 11, verse 11 says this, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. 
Oh my goodness gracious. I, I, I have, uh, discussed this in a bulletin recently, um, and, uh, wrote on the, in the front, front of it, a little article in front of it about meekness, understanding what the word meek means. Everybody hears the, the phrase, Hey, meek does not mean weak. And that is absolutely true. Let me tell you what meek means. Meek means that you can do something about the wrong that's happening, but you hold back because you know it is not the right time for doing that. There is always a time for everything under the sun, what the Bible teaches us. But you know when to do that. You have you have the wisdom that God has given you to know when to handle that. Um, and so it's important in meekness that, look, you can do something about it. I said in the sermon, and you need to remember this part of this, is this. God could have at any point ended the crucifixion and said no more and just sent every one of them to their deaths and ultimately to hell because um, he just wanted to. He's God. Okay, but he had a plan which was the cross, committed, completely committed into what God was doing and is, is doing, completely committed into, Jesus had this, into what the Father was doing and what, what was going to happen, completely committed. Are you completely committed? Are you committed to this? Okay, the meek shall inherit the earth means I have the opportunity to do some things about it, but I'm going to hold back until I understand the instructions from God. Jesus could have any, at any point called 10,000 angels 50,000 angels, 100,000 angels to come down, wipe out planet Earth while he's being beaten, tortured, and nailed to a tree for us. He could have at any point stopped it, but instead he was meek and took the punishment for all of us. Folks, I'm telling you, that is absolutely incredible news. It is for me, especially. I know it is for you, too, but I can only speak for me behind this microphone uh, right now. But I know it is for the believers who are out there. Verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Verse 12, the wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. That is so true, folks, and so aggravating sometimes. The message version says, bad guys have it in for the good guys, obsessed with doing them in. Look, they are evils trying to win the day it is, and you should be righteously angry about that, but do not continue to worry and fret about it because you are going to be on your knees praying and God is going to handle it. If his people are calling out to him to handle it, he will indeed handle it. I promise you that beyond the shadow of a doubt. And, and, and look here, look here. Verse 13 is the one, and this is what I'm going to end on today. Verse 13 tickles me to death. Why? Because it says this. It says, the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming, the evil one's day is coming. Look look here. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this from the message version. Bad guys have it in for the good guys, obsessed with doing them good, but God isn't losing any sleep. To him, they're a joke with no punchline. Whoa. I'm <laughs> He just laughed at junk. He looks at his stuff and he says, do you really think that you can stop what I'm going to be doing? Can you really, do you really think you can stop revival? Do you really think you're going to have that ability? He just laughs at that garbage and doesn't want anything to do with that. He says to them, you guys got to be crazy. You're just a joke. And, and, and when God laughs, I'm, I'm in pretty good, I'm in pretty good company. See, I might try to go up against these people, but I can't win by myself. But knowing that, Hey, me and God are a majority. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I have all that I need. Isn't God wonderful and powerful and mighty guys. Here's the thing. Do not, whatever you do, so run. I don't know what to do. Don't be angry and fretful and upset and, and sad and all of those things. They may come for a moment. They may slide through you, but don't let them stay there. Don't let them stick. 
don't 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 let them stick to you like like one of those uh those uh, little little uh briary things the little briary balls that are all in the ground those little sticker things that are in the the grass the weeds and and stick up in your foot and your socks and everything else don't let them stick if they're coming through make sure they're good and slick because they need to come on through and never stop never stop you know you might get that anger come through you a little bit but get it out of there and get it out of there and hurry through repentance or whatever else you need to do in that because I can promise you, if you let it fester, it's going to get worse and worse. And I'm going to tell you, God is in control. He's going to mow down the evil folks. Mow down the evil folks like he's on a lawnmower just tearing that junk up. I'm telling you, folks, I can't wait to see the day when everything everything that's bad about me is out of me. And everything that's bad about this world is out of this world because of worshiping Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'm telling you. I can't wait till all the evil is gone. We'll talk to you guys next time. I love you guys. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.